Welcome back to the Rebuildable Podcast. I'm Matt Gentile alongside Drew Stevens. Drew, how you feeling, buddy? What's What's been going on with you lately? Man, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, man. Um, as you know, we spoke off camera. I had a chance to actually physically cover a Bulls game in person at the United Center. And, man, walk the halls and, and see Arturis Karnasovic and Mark Eversley, who is both of those guys are tall as hell. I mean, I know uh, we're, we're supposed to know that, but it's different when you see guys in person. I'm, I don't know if our listeners know this or if you know this, but I'm 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, so, like, um, they're about – Mark Eversley's for sure taller than me. AK, I never really got shoulder to shoulder with him, so I couldn't tell, but he's tall too. Obviously, he played ball as well, but just being in the, in the bowels of the United Center and being out on the court doing pregame – watching Vucevic go through his his warm-ups and, and DeRozan and Kobe White and Andre Drummond to, you know, saying what's up to TJ McConnell on the Pacers and him saying what's up to me like he knows me and, you know, uh, being in the same room with the Rob Schaefer's and Casey Johnson's, wow. the Joe Callies of the world. And like, man, I, I read you guys' work like all the time, man. And I'm, I'm just, I'm in there with them. It was, it was phenomenal, man. If, if you didn't see, and this is for our listeners, um, Drew mentioned this also on a Twitter exchange with Salim Sertawala. He's now part of It's the Bigs. Um, and he's been writing. You said you've been writing since the summer, but this was your first chance to get to some games, and, and you're going to be doing that more often this year. Yeah, I am. As much as I can, um, Eugene McIntosh and, and Terrence Tomlin, uh, the founders of the Bigs, two great guys. They've been doing this for a while, really have dug their their feet into the Chicago sports scene and given me the opportunity to – um, you know, cover this team as, as as best I can and as often as I can with with Josh Hicks as well um, of War Media. So, um, just grateful, man. Just grateful. Um, it was a, it was a very surreal experience. I told the people close to me that going to my regular nine to five the day after was like, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> it's like you legit wake up from a dream and you just want to get back to that dream as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I guess we had, though, two bits of breaking news here. So first bit of breaking news, you know, you're going to be covering some games for It's the Bigs this year. And the other bit of breaking news, you're six, 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 seven. I didn't know this. <laughs> so we full disclosure for our listeners, we have not met in person, Drew and I. We we talk on camera. We text back and forth. We have not met in person. Drew, I'm 5'10", so it's going to look like Schwarzenegger and DeVito and twins. And once we meet in person, it's going to look really, uh, really unbalanced. But that's cool. I awesome. I, you know, it's funny. My uh, my fiance's friends are really tall. Like she has her two of her best friends. Their husbands are like, I think, six, four and six, five. And so my joke is, well, I guess I'll play the point. Like that's, you know, there you go. So if if you come in, then shit, we're throwing you down low. That's <laughs> that's set in stone. So, um, but yeah, no, like just to circle back, like you know how I feel about you as a writer. I think you're very talented, and you've done some good stuff with On Tap or Media. And I think you know it's 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 an opportunity. I think you deserve, and you know I hope there's good ways to fit it into your schedule because uh, it it is pretty cool to kind of get into the thick of those things. So um congratulations and it will just bring more authority to the podcast that's the cool thing too you'll get to see things in person and talk (laughs) about it i'm a little selfish in that regard (laughs) no no it's okay man i'm just like i said i'm just grateful for the amount of doors that have been open for me 
um, since I got back into writing, including being able to do this podcast with you, man. This isn't something that was a given. No, I'm, I'm you know, I'm very cognizant of the fact that you could have chosen anybody to be your co-host, man. So to be here with you as well is it's dreamlike, man. It's dreamlike. You get to talk about the team that I grew up watching. So, mm-hmm. and we get to talk about a team right now that's, you know, I think been kind of interesting in the last week. It's like since our last episode, <laughs> they've gone three and two in the last five games with win over the Hornets, the Nets, and Pacers. And right now they sit at five and four through their first nine games. This last stretch, Drew. What's your biggest takeaway from what you've seen? I think the first thing that comes to my mind is just Patrick Williams. Um, I think in, in addition to, you know, talking about Lonzo Ball and when he's going to come back and how Zach Levine's feeling and, you know, before last night, when is he ever going to play back-to-backs again and what's going on with his knee and how long is he going to be a, a, a prominent figure on the injury report? I think next to that is to talk about Patrick Williams and what he is and isn't and, which group he should and should not be playing with. So I think the fact that he's scored in double figures four out of the last five games, um, he's finding ways to be active uh, and, and play with energy. Um, and just like Billy Donovan typically comments about, like just put his mark on the game in some kind of way, form or fashion. I know I just spoke about his points and it's, it's, you know, it's easy to use the box score as kind of a gauge of, of how a player is affecting the game, but um, it does go beyond that. Just seeing him, like I said, just being involved more, um, getting his hands in passing lanes, and and you know, coming over on the on the help, coming over to to help def, uh, help his teammates on the help side, like just things like that. Um, he made a comment um, to Casey Johnson about how playing with all-stars is fun once you get the hang of it. And I thought that was really kind of poignant for him to kind of point out um, to this point in the season. Like maybe he is starting to figure some things out, which, you know, one of the big conversations we've had is how Patrick Williams' development and what it will mean to the Bulls and their success this season. So if he's, if things are really starting to come together for him mentally and just him figuring things out, uh, in terms of how to be more aggressive, even without having the ball in his hands, mm-hmm. this this season could really could really take off in a way that we didn't see coming. Yeah, and you know, I'm happy to kind of you know I, I think I've been down on Patrick Williams really since the summer and, and concerned about um, the lack of aggression really since the start of the season. But yeah, in this last week, I mean, he has shown that that effort level. And I think that was the thing, like. When you don't see that effort level, that's what concerns you. Like, you know, the box scores can be misleading, right? Like, just because he's not putting up double-digit points and five-plus rebounds and, you know, taking a bunch of shots, like, that happens. But, you know, we were kind of seeing, like, lack of effort on defense and lack of effort of moving without the basketball. And you're right. We've started to see that. We started to see him, you know, do a really good job setting screens a lot lately. Like, that's been kind of his bread and butter and, and has opened up some opportunities for him even offensively too, coming off screens. So it's really cool to see. Um, that's been an interesting like takeaway for me too, but I got one that I want to share with you. Mine is Io Desumu. Um, I, 
I'm fascinated with Desumu because I think he's played really well. And I'm starting to wonder, like, I never thought watching him at Illinois. I'm a big Illini fan for those that uh, listen to the podcast, if, if you weren't. If I didn't mention this before. Um, but I never thought of him as like a traditional point guard. Um, I always looked at him as like an off ball or off guard, like a Drew Holiday, maybe. Um, but I don't know. I'm starting to to kind of see traits where I notice him pushing the ball up the floor a lot. I don't know still about him as a half court point guard, but I definitely see his ability to to push the ball down the floor and really get the offense going full court. So I've been really excited. Also, just him being aggressive with the ball in his hands too, trying to get to the basket. Um, you know, he had a lot of good plays like that. He's, I think, you know, developing into a a little more consistent three point shooter. Um, the game against the Nets, I mean, there were moments where he was missing shots, but then he kind of came alive. But I, you know, I um, I'm really impressed with Iowa Desumu, and and a lot of guys have a sophomore slump, and it's cool to see that you know he's maybe going in the opposite direction and taking another step forward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm loving the way that he's, he's pushing the ball. I think that's, that was a point of emphasis for, for Billy Donovan um, and Lou of Lonzo ball, not being there, just a way to try to create some easy buckets and, and kind of start off uh, the, the, the half court offense, just, you know, playing kind of wide open and five out and, and seeing what you can get in that regard, catching, you know, hopefully to catch the defense on, on its heels, but, um, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's something that really stood out to me in the I think it was really the Brooklyn game, but I think I, you know, made made note of it yesterday, even though he started to struggle um yesterday with some full court pressure from I think it was Dennis Smith Jr. But yeah, overall I, I think he's played really well. Um and we have to remember that he's coming off a thoracic contusion as well. So he's just two games um in off of that injury. With a lot of these uh, developments happening with the young guys and especially Patrick Williams, I think it's good to to bring in our guest for today because um, I think a lot of people in Bulls Nation that follow him know he's, uh, I think, a pretty big supporter of Patrick Williams and, and where he is in his development cycle and um, does a really good job of breaking down everything from an X's and O's standpoint, but even combining some analytics and and I, I kind of look at, at this person as somebody who sees things through a coach's eye and a scout's eye at the same time. Um, he is the co-host of the new NBA podcast, Swish Theory, with Chris Amundsen. It is Laurel Golden. Laurel, what's going on, man? Man, what's up? How you guys doing, man? Um, I'm chilling, man. I'm, I'm, I'm living life, coaching basketball, being a father. You know, um, just just chilling, man. I appreciate you asking me. And I'm also uh, I'm happy that you guys have me on today. I can't wait to talk some ball with y'all, man. So I uh, appreciate y'all having me on. Man, great for you to be here, man. Uh, kind of meeting for the first time. I know you guys, you and Celine, um of Bulls Gold, you guys were at the game that I was actually uh, fortunate enough to attend last Wednesday against Indiana. I didn't get a chance to catch up with you guys, but. Man, um, I wish I would have. It's good to actually be here with you. And I must say, our listeners won't be able to see this, but this beard you got, I'm digging it, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's crazy. We were standing because uh, Will Gottlieb, uh, CSGO, uh, shout out CSGO. Uh, Will Gottlieb came over to talk. Uh, Salim got in contact with him, so we we met Will Gottlieb. And when Will was walking back to his uh, his desk or whatever, 
Salim goes, is, is that Drew? I'm like, I think so. And he's like, no, that's, that, that's Drew. He's got the same hairstyle and everything. We just, I just talked to him. Like, uh, that's Drew. I'm like, man, hey, man. Like, you know, but then I saw you as with, um, I don't, I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but I, every time I see him, the bigs, it just comes right away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you were, I, I, I felt like he was kind of like, uh, telling you like, hey, this is what's going on here. And so I didn't want to interrupt that. I kind of wanted to, um, let you do your thing, you know what I mean? And, um, get used to what, what you got to do or how it goes, you know, cause I feel like there's like, you know, unwritten rules, you know what I mean? Right. You, follow, you know what I mean? <laughs> so oh, yeah. I didn't want to interrupt that. Protocols and whatnot. No, I appreciate that. I'm definitely, you know, still trying to soak things up and, and get the feel for things. But, um, first off, first off the bat, man, Patrick Williams. Oh man, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was coming. Like, oh, you yeah, knew yeah. we were going to ask. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew. Mm-hmm. I feel like this conversation generally can go in a, a lot of different directions, but because of the way he's played lately, it's it's headed toward a more positive place. Um, mm-hmm. he scored in double figures for the last five games. Um, you know, I think most of us most of us would agree that his best two games are these last two games he's played against the Nets and then um, the Hornets. What have you seen from Pat this season and – what do you think has changed up in these last two, three, four games with him? Oh, man. So, okay. So when I think about this situation, um, like I, I try to put myself as a coach, like as, if I was Billy or if I was one of the assistant coaches on the bench. And one of the things, like, and, and here's the deal, everybody, like when you say this, it, it comes off as an excuse. And here's the deal. It's just facts, man. Like he hasn't like his second year when he had the chance to build a rapport with Damar and Vooch and Zach and then figure out, hey, uh, how I got to, you know, impact this game um, being like the fourth, fifth option. Like, how can I impact this game? Uh, He didn't have that. He didn't have that time um, to uh, really figure that out. And then when he really did have the time, it was like playoff ball. Like, you know, now now it's like, okay, I just got to figure out a way, you know. So fast forward to this season, um, I think people just think like I think sometimes people think since these dudes are professional basketball players and since he was drafted number four overall, that they just as soon as they step on the floor, they get it right away. And it's like, no, there are roles on a basketball team and there may be a particular role that you're used to playing, whether that be college or high school. And now you're coming to the NBA and you're not a main guy. You're you're not like the well. Uh, let me take that back. If if he continues to play the way he's been playing the last two games, he will be a main guy. But uh, like he's not like you know when you come off the bus, you know to walk into the UC, you're not thinking straight about Patrick Williams. You're thinking about Zach Levine. You're thinking about Demar Derozan. You're thinking about Vucevic. So um, he he does he's 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 had he's had to figure it out. And what I've said at the beginning, like this whole time, is it, it really takes time. You can practice these things as much as you want in practice, but it just won't amount to game speed reps. As much as you want to, uh, you know, practice game speed is, you know, you're trying to simulate it, but like, it's not the same, right? You may practice, uh, you know, Hey, you know, DeMar, when, when you come off this, this Chicago action, the pin down into a dribble handoff, if they're going to double you, we, we want Pat to do this. Okay, let's say you practice that the whole whole week. Okay, how about if they switch everything and or if they go under? Okay, 
that all that stuff predicates different like it, it's different things you got to do different reads um and you, the only way you can become better at these things is by doing it and by rep after rep after rep um and it, it, it's frustrating because i feel like the fan base and certain people in um the bulls community that are on twitter like they don't have patience i understand that he's the number four overall pick but the dude is he's a hard worker he he like there's there there hasn't been any rumors about uh this guy's playing video games and he's never he's not staying after for work there's not been any of that he's a hard worker the problem the thing is he just needed time and i think you're starting to see signs of of it clicking like right away not and i'm a big process guy so yeah the results right now are looking good um but like even if like let's say for instance some of the shots didn't fall like the process was right. It was the right way to play. Um, and he's starting to get it. And I think there's an ar- article by Will Gottlieb that just came out where he said that, like, I I, kn- I, I knew it was going to take some time, but I also knew that I was going to figure it out. Um, and the last thing I'll say is, is like, when you t- pay attention to like a rookie, or even if there's a veteran that comes from another team that come, comes on a, a team that's already fit, and he's at, he has to fit in a role that he hasn't played in, you can tell by body language, right? A lot of people are like, oh my God, Pat isn't, doesn't have any activity. Like his, it's because he's thinking too much. He's thinking all the time. When you're not thinking, my coach used to tell me all the time, clouded mind, slow feet. Clear mind, fast feet. It's, it, it's just when you, when you don't have to think, okay, what should I do when DeMar has the ball here? Or what should I do when Vooch has the ball in the post? What should I do when Zach is coming off of a, a handoff? What should I, like when you don't have to do that and now it's just, that's this is the type of results you're going to see um so i i'm not honestly i'm not surprised that we're starting to see him play better because i knew that it was going to take some patience um it, it's going to take some time but when he figures it out his skill level his physicality he has it he has all of it he just needs to figure out how can he put that in the game um and like again i'm not saying that he should be he shouldn't be criticized at all that's i'm not saying that because all of that put to the side what I just said, like it shouldn't like you should be able to go, you know, crash the boards and, uh, you know, play a little bit, play a little bit more uh, tougher defense on the ball and things like that. But I will say just like baseball, like anybody that's played baseball, some players can some players can, you know, be bad at the plate and play and go be gold glove in, a, in outfield. But like there's a lot of players that if they're swinging at bat horribly, they're below the Mendoza line they're bringing that to the glove. So now they're, 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 they're having errors left and right. Maybe they're missing the cutoff, man. Maybe they're not listening to their teammates because they're thinking about how did I not just smash that 98 miles per hour fastball right down the middle. Like it's players are wired differently, right? So as you can see, offense is working out for him. The defense is following. So I, I just think that he's getting, he's gaining that confidence and he's bringing it on both sides and he still needs to grow. He's, he, he's still, uh, I think he's, he's he processes the fl- the floor on the defensive side a little still slow, um, but I st- I am seeing his head be on a swivel. I'm seeing him in certain spots get to that uh, get to that weak side block and step in the paint, step out to, so he doesn't have to worry about three seconds and just being in the right spots. Um, he still gets hit by screens. Um, and, and that's going to be tough. I mean, Giannis is a bad screen navigator. And I, I just think it's just like with big dudes, it's going to be tough um, to navigate screens. Um, part of that is like Billy Donovan. He said it in his 
press conference. If you're all the way out close to the to the to the logo, why are you going to go over the screen? Go under the screen. You know, go under the screen. Keep the ball in front, um, and you just have to know where you are on the floor, and you'll alleviate some of that. But uh, I know I'm rambling, but uh, I just want to say that like it, it's not as simple as oh, you're playing with three studs. You should be easier. Sorry, doesn't work like that. Yeah, let me ask you this because. I think this is would be important to point out, and if I ever got a chance, I would ask him this myself. But to this point, what do you think Patrick Williams is, or where do you think he's more comfortable, or what role do you think he's most comfortable in? So for me, I before these last couple games, um, I was advocating for him to come off the bench um, and let Javante be the starter because. Javante just fits. I mean, uh, he's exactly what that, that starting lineup needs. Um, but again, like before these last two games, I mean, you know, I, that's what I was thinking, but you look at these last two games. I mean, like Pat is doing exactly what he needs to do to help this team and at least the starting lineup. Um, but the reason why I was saying, Hey, he should come off the bench. Cause I think that he just likes the, he, he, at the moment, like he's he's good at like being that that uh that secondary kind of playmaker in a, in a way and what i mean by that is is like you know Dragic is in the game so he can be the screener for Dragic and he can roll or he can come up the floor and get the get the offense initiated um you know get coming off a, a pin down off of chicago ash and attacking the paint um they've done a lot of like uh a lot of him being a dunker spot a little bit too which i like um, just they're 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 moving them around a little bit, and I think that it's it's really working for him. Um, but I, role wise, I think you know at the moment, I think he's right where he needs to be, being kind of like that fourth, fifth option, probably fourth now the way he's been playing. Um, that that can you know catch the ball, attack a closeout, uh, get to his pull up midi when he has it, or like or do what he did to Jalen McDaniels last night. And instead of pulling up for that short midi, you just bully him into the paint and go finish over the top. Um, and uh, I mean, I think, I think the role where he's at right now, especially for the team that they have right now, I think is, I think he's right where he needs to be. Um, and again, like Mark K said, again, uh, like if he can be a supercharged Javante, that's perfect. And I think these last two games, that's what he's been. He's kind of been that guy that's, that's cutting, that's catching and rebounding over the rim and, dunking that thing like you know i think the way he's played the last two games is where he can be but the fun the great thing about it is is like this is not even the best he can be uh i, I truly i truly believe he can be better but he just needs to grow and take it step by step actually just one last question about patrick williams here before we we move on to some other um topics um is there another wrinkle that you want to see maybe him develop as the season goes on to his game that you think could really help him and, and help his role on the bulls. I think offensively, I think if let's say for instance, uh, the way he's been playing off offensively last two games, it was the, the way he plays the rest of the season. I think that's perfect. I think mm-hmm. that'll be just enough because the big three are all three of them are not going to have bad shooting nights like they did against the Hornets. That's just, just not going to happen. Um, but defensively, I think, is where he needs to continue to get better. Um, and that is just, you know, he's like I say, he's being better with like keeping his head on a swivel and not getting, not just straight ball watching like he used to. But now he can, um, what I like to tell the players that I coach is do the work early, right? So if you if you know your guy is going straight to the corner, okay, don't follow him to the corner, 
how about you come drop back down, drop back down to that weak side block. Now that way you're already in help position. And if they do skip it, you can move on the air of the ball and, and get there and meet him um, when he catches the ball. Right. And um, I th- I still think just being consistent as a rebounder, if he can stay consistent as a rebounder, the way he's been the last two games. Perfect. Uh, I mean, we've seen that when he grabs rebound, he has enough ball handling ability to take it coast to coast or just to get us into action right away. I, I started to, to do this clip uh, today, grab a rebound against the Hornets, push it up instead of like, I don't know, Andre Drummond getting the rebound and he has to wait for Dragic to get it. And now they're getting across the court with like, I don't know, maybe 18 seconds or something like that. And now they get into their offense. Well, Pat rebounded the ball, uh, uh, sprinted up the floor with it. See it, saw if he can attack. He couldn't kicked it to the corner. They got into a l- little action um zach came off scored the ball with like 14 seconds left and it's like that the little stuff like that can you know just him being able to rebound and we can get in our offense right away right away we don't have to you know come across set it up um so rebounding the basketball really becoming a reliable weak side rim protector um and uh again like those are those are flashes that he showed in college and um i think I think that's something that people forget is that like in, in college, he flashed he, things in every category, the pull-up shooting, the three catch and shoot, the weak side rip protection, the on ball guarding one through five in college. Like he flashed a bunch of things, but he consistently didn't do all of those things all the time. Right. So I think that the, the thing is with him is having consistent playing time, try to knocking on wood, stay healthy and can get consistent games i think he'll continue to grow the game will slow down there are signs of him on offense yesterday uh, they came down the floor they got into a little action i think it was chicago action into a, a pick and roll he uh uh he cuts through um as he cuts through yempsey's back out to the corner io cuts through the uh through the paint um uh, and then they put gordon hayward in a position to where he had to play two um and gordon picked zach levine and before these last two games, like he would not process this this uh, this play yet that he that he did is that as soon as Gordon left for Zach, he cut right away to the basket. He caught the ball and he went to go dunk it. Um, and it's like you, those are the things you got to pay attention to when you see Pat or any young player is are they processing the floor uh, good enough? Are they fast enough? I should say um, are they in that? And the way you can tell by that is like that particular situation. If if Gordon has to choose between uh, uh, the ball handler or or um, Pat, you know, is he is he cutting right away or is he kind of like, wait, oh, he's cutting. OK, now I got to go. Well, if he's if he's thinking it's going to be too late. Right. And that play, Dennis Smith Jr. was coming to cut him off. And if he would have waited maybe an extra two seconds, he would have not had that uh, advantage because Dennis Smith Jr. would have been back. But since he cut right away, Dennis Smith Jr. was too late. There was a dunk. So it's like just seeing him how he processes the floor on offense and defense. Is he making the right reads fast enough? And I think that you're starting to see those things tick up. Another player that's um, got the attention of Bulls fans right now, just because of the load management he's been going under is Zach Levine. And he had a big fourth quarter against the Nets on Tuesday night. Um, I was actually offline. I was texting Drew (laughs) during like, Right after that fourth quarter, I'm like, man, I was this close to tweeting like, man, I'm really concerned about Zach right now. And go figure he 
goes <laughs> off for 20 points in the fourth quarter. And I'm glad I, I, I didn't, you know, tweet what I was going to tweet, but whole Nets team. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like last night against, you know, the, the Hornets, he had a rough night shooting and I mean, wasn't as polished as the night before, but um, I think there's still some flashes I know that I'm seeing, but mm-hmm. um, I just want your thoughts on what you've seen so far from him. Are there any noteworthy positives that you think he's maybe turning the corner in terms of this load management or, or any issues with his knee? Or do you see any glaring negatives? Because um, I know some Bulls fans are concerned that they're not seeing him play above the rim like mm-hmm. we've seen him do in the past. Yeah, I think, um, and I'll try to keep this shorter because I rambled. Um, but so with Zach, again, I think that people have to remember he didn't play any five on five in the summer. Um, and if anybody's played basketball, practicing by yourself, doing skill work by yourself does not amount to playing defense, running the floor, getting rebounds, catch, getting a rebound, tacking, and then having to rise up like, Yes, these dudes are professional athletes, but like it's a game still. I and mean, you have to be in game shape. Um, and I still think he's fighting that what he's fighting. He's fighting to continue uh, to get back in that shape. Um, so I'm not worried about him yet. I, I think uh, you could tell by that, that next game, he was feeling it. His legs felt good um, and he had enough lift on his jump shot. He had enough follow through. Uh, I'm sorry, not enough rotation. It wasn't short. Um, and like yesterday, um, I think it was just a game where his legs are, he's still fighting to, to get back, get those legs back in the game shape. So a lot of his shots yesterday were kind of off either short or long. And when that happens, that's usually a guy trying to overcompensate, like, um, and he's trying to, okay, that was short. Let me push it. it eh, you shouldn't have to do that. Don't do that. It's just kind of stay within yourself and one motion. Um, but other than that, I'm not really worried. I'm not really worried uh, at all um for Zach because I do believe that uh he's going to be fine. Um you, you what I like about him too besides his scoring ability and his his uh, above the rim play is he's a play he's been making some nice plays with the pass. Um and I think the way the way I know that he's not he knows his legs is not back yet is the way he 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 drives the basket. So when he attacks the basket, he does this like kind of thing where he tries to throw off the 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 whoever is in front of him he he puts the ball in front he puts his ball above his head to make it seem like he's getting ready to jump and uh, gets that guy in the air and then he attacks um the rim and that just lets me know that uh that he he knows that he's not where he needs to be yet so he has to do different things to uh to get to the free throw line to throw guys off so he can still get to where get to that free throw line get some buckets in so once you see Zach just kind of attacking and exploding up, I think that's when you will, you'll know. And I think he's just not there yet. Uh, it's going to take some time. That's all it is. I mean, it's only been a month, so he's, it's going to take some time. And he, like he said, I think he knows that he needs to get back in, back in game shape. And he said that he wants to play back-to-backs now. He wants to play more now. So um, I think he had a little bit of taste of that next game. And he's like, you know, no, no, I got I to gotta get it going. Lero, I trust your eyes as much as anybody else's. If, if I could sit next to you during the game and kind of pick your brain about what you're seeing um, from a coaching aspect, just from an X's and O's, I wish I wish that I could. And I, you know, that would that would be awesome if if I was able to do that. But are you is is Billy Donovan using Levine through these first? I think he's played what five games now, six games now. Is he 
have you seen Billy Donovan use him any differently than he had last year? Anything new creative sets or is it kind of similar to what he's, he's done with Zach um, last season? So not not really. I mean, I, I think I see him more still coming off those uh, Chicago actions. I still see him coming off uh, dribble handoffs. Um, I still see him, you know, running running a lot of pick and roll actions as a ball handler. Um, I'm trying to think here if there is a little, maybe if there's a new wrinkle here and there for Zach, but I, I just, I don't think so, man. Um, there is a, there's a new wrinkle, but it doesn't involve uh, Zach. I think, I think Zach's still doing the same, same stuff. Um, if anything, he has been screening a lot more. Uh, I've seen him as a screener uh, a lot more, but cause usually like when he was screening, it was like for that action where, you know, out of a timeout, uh, they're trying to get Vooch a shot where it's like a zipper action where Vooch will down screen for DeMar to pop out, which is with, uh, off the off the lane line. If you look at the block of the lane and then like DeMar will be on the block and then Vooch will come down and set it. DeMar pops out. That, that's what they call zipper. And then Zach would, would come across and set a cross screen for Vooch and he would he would come across and that that'd be that like, you know, baseline jumper that they go to sometimes for Vooch to get him going if he's not feeling it. Um but that was the only time he would really screen. But this year, I've seen it a lot. He's been screening the ball, and I think that's just overall just what what Billy's trying to do. Like, okay, let, it's one thing to move the ball around the perimeter, but like we should screen and roll. Let's let's get bodies, let's get feet in the paint, let's get defenses have to worry about uh, helping out in the paint so we can open and create closeout opportunities. Um, so no, I, I don't think they've done uh, outside of the screening. I think that might be the only thing new for Zach. Okay. One thing uh, I have seen and that I like with with what Billy's doing with Zach is the staggering. Um, it seems like that's born out of the knee concerns and, and trying to kind of manipulate his minutes in a different manner. But it's also kind of opened the door to some of the more exciting lineups that we've seen from the Bulls with Levine staggered with Drummond and Dragic and Caruso and um, DJJ and or, or uh, Javante Green. I think with um, Derrick Jones Jr., they're plus 21. With Green, I think they're plus 12. Unfortunately, with Andre Drummond having suffered this shoulder injury, it's going to be another few games before we see him. I think he's officially been ruled out of Friday's game at Boston. So hopefully he's able to get um, get corrected, get feeling better so we can see that again. But what what do you like about that, that group? What are you seeing from those particular five or six players um, in the role that they're playing and, you know, taking back leads or erasing deficits, that kind of thing. Man, um, it's funny you ask this question because as I was watching the Hornets game, um, I was getting ready to make a, like a clip, just clip a bunch of the fun stuff that they were doing, the second, that, that second unit. Um, and first off, man, can we talk about Dragic for a second? Like, I, I I gotta be honest, man. I was I'm an optimist, but I didn't I, I didn't expect this type of production that we're getting out of him so far this year. Um I think that dude has been more, I mean, everything and more um of what you could have expected for from a from a guy his age, um, at the point in his career. I mean, the 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 pick and roll, like a guy that applies pressure to the paint, to the rim. And he's, you know, he's not afraid to throw that ball up to, to either DJJ or, or Andre Drummond when he's healthy. Um, those are really fun plays. 
Um, he's hit shooting a three pretty well. Um, but at, uh, overall, that group is fun because they play hard. Um, and you got guys like Javante Green and DJJ that are switchable and they, and they can uh, really bother a team the way they can, their, their energy, like it's bothersome and they get out on the break. It's still, it's that, that unit is just like the, the fun unit where the, you know, energy comes in, they're mucking things up and they're getting out on the break. Like I said, and, and finishing things, turning off I'm sorry, turning defense into offense. And that's really key. That's really what, um, Billy wants to do is kind of be that that group that that mucks it up and you you get buckets that way where you're getting steals deflections you're getting out on the break and going crazy um but um to rewind really quick when you said something new my bad I, I went straight to uh on the on the court uh in terms of like x's and o's but yeah no like it, it's been kind of cool to see Zach in that second unit um I mean it works, man, because like it's hard to key in on Zach in that second group because you got to worry about Javante cutting for dunks. You got to worry about DJJ cutting for dunks. You got to worry about Dragic coming off screens and getting to a, a, a mid a mid range or making really cool passes to to open teammates. So it's it's really tough to to key in on Zach in that group. Um, and so I think I think it's been pretty cool for him because it, it, he's still able to kind of work through the mess without really having a uh, crazy amount of a, a attention uh, because I think that second unit has just been doing a good job. And when Drummond was, was healthy, I mean, he's been really good, man. Um, he was, he was a signing that I really liked myself because yes, he's not, he's still not a crazy good def- uh, like drop big, you know? Uh, but what I do like about Drummond is that defensively he's so nimble. He he's so nimble as a big. He's 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 big, and he's got great hands. He, he's very active hands. Um, he's pretty good at blitzing. Uh, in like a pick and roll situations, like he's really good at blitzing that ball handler, getting into that handle, um, and getting steals that way. Um, he has gotten some pretty cool blocks this year. Um, but like overall, man, that group has just played really well. They've been a cohesive unit, and I I get why maybe Billy didn't want to. He was probably tempted to bring Pinch off, um, Pat off the bench at some point this year. Uh, but like, you don't want to mess with that group. That that group was playing well. So it's like tough to like pull a guy out of that group and then put Pat in. And so I, I kind of get it, but because that group has been really, really good. Uh, I think I speak for Drew when I say this too, that uh, I, we definitely brought you here to also talk X's and O's and, and not be just a hot taker or anything like that. So. I think like never, never be upset that you're talking X's and O's. We're fine with that. <laughs> so my bad, man. I, I hope I didn't. No, absolutely. No, that's, that's why we wanted to have you on. Um, so, you know, um, before you hopped in, we were talking a little bit about it, just our takeaways from, you know, really the last week. And I mentioned one of my biggest takeaways was the play of Io DeSumo. Mm. Um, really coming out of the gate this season. And and he seems pretty comfortable playing that point spot. And as an Illini fan, I I never really saw him as somebody that would be a, a point guard in the NBA. I, I looked at him as an off guard, you know, kind of like a hybrid type, like a Drew Holiday type maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, though. Like I, I see him pushing the ball up the floor pretty well. And getting you know the offense moving full court, but um, I don't know. Like I, I'm still not quite sure what his long term role is. But what do you think? Do you think he can stay 
in that role of a of a point guard, or do you still think long term this is a guy who's going to be a, a a threat as an off the ball or off guard in the NBA? So I, I um I think uh, I O I think I O uh, at the moment is has really taken a uh, I shouldn't say leap, but he's taking a he's taking a step forward in that point guard uh, kind of role. And one of the things that I want him to continue to do is I've been really impressed with how he's attacked the basket um, and gotten to the paint. Um, because one of the things coming out of college was, is like he had speed, but his handle wasn't good enough to be able to take advantage of that speed at the same time. So um, I think he's really tightened up the handle and he's been able to get into the paint. Um, and I think that if he can be consistent uh, at doing that, I think he, I think it'll be fine as uh, a point guard because I don't have, I don't have worries. Like, you know, I remember before we had IO and, you know, I'll never forget it. I think it was like two years ago now that the Pacers very first, very first game of the season. I think the Pacers put like a full court press on the bulls and it was Zach and Kobe. And it just, it was like tough for them to get across half court. I don't have those worries with IO. I think he does a really good job of uh, protecting the ball, uh, getting, get, you know, doesn't let guys get into his handle. Um, so I can see a future of him being point guard, um, you know, backup point guard when Lonzo comes back, but also he, he, he has that versatility to do what you said to be an off ball guard. Um, and I, what I like about him is the shot looks better. It looks quicker. It looks a lot a lot more uh, effortless uh, to get off now. Like the one shot that I always think about this year is against the Celtics when he, the ball was swung to him. And I think it was Tate, Tatum uh, coming out to contest it. And he didn't need any time to adjust his hands on the ball. He didn't need time to anything. That ball got off quick and it was all net. And I think that just shows, man, like he's a worker and it's, and it's why like, you know, I believe that that he's going to just keep getting better because he just continues to show that he's not going to stop until, he, you know, he he just wants to keep getting better. And uh, I think he is I think right now he's a point guard. But like you said, though, like it's kind of tough to say what he'll be full time because I, I still do want to see him to being able to break a defense, like break a primary defender down off the dribble. Um, can he consistently? Uh, get into the paint, which he's shown at spots he can do. And I, I just want to see him continue to do that to help help the team get uh, get other teams in rotation. Um, but to be honest with you, man, um, I, I think he's been fine, man, at the point guard position. He's been doing really, really well. So we talked about uh, one polarizing player in Patrick Williams uh, in terms of who's on the Bulls roster. Let's move to the other player, which is Nikola Vucevic, of course. <laughs> Um, I know uh, I've seen you spend, you know, days and weeks and months, you know, trying to talk people off the ledge about, about Nikola Vucevic. He's coming to the season um, with the mind state of, of getting back down in the paint and kind of working his way from inside out. How do you feel like that's gone to this point in the season? Um, from the outside looking in, I feel like the Bulls generally – try to get him the ball early and then start to kind of go away from that as the game goes on. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, I am. I think it's just something they got to work through because last season it, uh, it wasn't a thing like him wanting the ball in the post. He kind of just kind of stayed quiet and played, you know, more perimeter or- oriented. 
Um, so this year is just kind of one of those things where they kind of have to get used to it. Uh, because I do think that when he gets post touches more than uh, more than not, they do get good looks out of it. Or, you know, he's hitting a cutter or he's drawing a double and he's kicking it back out to one pass away. Um, I think they do have to 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 really get him going in that post area because I, I, I people, you know, throw me off because they think when they hear post touch, they think, oh, God, here we go. Like. Patrick Ewing and you know Shaquille O'Neal like all these post touches like oh my god you know no, no it's not that it's like we've seen it already this season like when 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 Vucevic gets post touches he gets a lot of attention because he's very effective there so it may not even be to score it may just to, just be another way to create to get to get a team in rotation so if somebody you know comes a double you kick it out really quick and now you now you have guys scrambling to get in front of that open guy to close out and you keep moving the ball to keep the advantage going it all because of a post touch you know so one of the things that they didn't do last season was um kind of use the whole floor um and i think that's what they're doing now right when when they when they play now and and you you see it like the other night uh, i think it was against uh the nets there was a point where uh demar had the ball and it was kind of like oh, here we go again just get the ball to demar and have him you know take a bunch of shots but you go fast forward and you go to that Hornets game, there was a bunch of player movement and ball movement. And there's no, there, there's, there's no doubt that that played into them, at least the bench um, being able to contribute because it made the game easier for them. You know, um, if you always got a team in rotation and they have to close out, close out, close out at some point, um, somebody's going to miss a rotation and you're going to find something. And um I, I just love that they're doing this, man. Um, because, you know, it, for instance, there's a, the, the new wrinkle. When you said the new wrinkle, the new wrinkle I love is part of the reason why I think Pat is starting to play better is because they're involving him and they're not not having him kind of. Let me just say this: people say, uh, "Oh man, uh, Pat's just sitting in the corner. You know, he ain't doing nothing." Well, here's the deal, guys. Like. And this is, I can't really say because I'm not in the huddle. I'm not in their practices, but I do know that some coaches kind of want you to stay spaced. They don't want you to, to crowd what's going on because they have a certain action going on the other side. And if you cut through, it's going to mess up the action. Um, so I don't know. Again, uh, uh, last thing is, and oh God, I hate this because it's going to come off like I'm, I'm being a, a biased dude. But so Billy, okay. Billy Donovan, when he was with Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, one of the things that, uh, and, um, Chris Herring wrote an article about this, I think last season, some teams, it's actually the scheme of not crashing on offensive rebounds It's just get back, you know, um, because they want to get back in front and, and get and set their defense up so they can have a set defense against the next, uh, opponent. Now I'm not saying that's what Billy's doing this season, but what I'm saying is there are different schemes. There are different ways uh, coaches like to play the game. And um, I, um, like I said, Chris Herring wrote about it, and it's a he, it was a beautiful article. And it really just talked about how certain coaches uh, feel about offensive rebounding or defensive rebounding, how they how they want to play it that way. Um, so I think if you know that that'd be a great article to read for somebody. But again, uh, the the screening. So they they have Pat as the screener. And they space Vooch in the corner. And I think that's another way to find, uh, to get shooting, to have another threat uh, uh, on the outside in the uh, 
on, on the three-point line because now like you're not having Vooch as a screener, then pop screener, then roll. When you see that enough, it's it, you, 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 it's easy. I shouldn't say easy, but you know what rotations you need to make um, because you've seen it so much. Now the bulls are bringing up the floor. They got, you know, Vooch going to the corner and they got Pat being the screener and he's screening rolling. And now you got to worry about the low man helping off Vooch. You're just, you're just putting uh, the low man in a predicament. Am I going to, help off Vucevic in the corner or am I going to help on the roll? And it's kind of putting defenses in uh, a situation that they're not used to because last season they didn't really do that at all. So now, you know, scouting report, they have, they got to flip, flip the script when they see it. Okay. When we see Vuce over there, how are we going to rotate out of this? Are we going to tag from the wing and have the guy from the corner go up and play two? How are we going to do this? Um, so I love it because again, it's a new wrinkle, but also because like you have a guy in Pat who, who's pretty uh he's pretty good in the mid-range area you know he likes to get to that one that 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 he hasn't really done it this season that paul like kind of one hand floater uh but he likes that mid-range pull up and and we know he can knock that down and he's strong enough to go up and finish above the rim so it's just another type of roller you can have um so i like that new wrinkle you know there was a time they they had vooch coming off of chicago action one time and it's like again if like you're a defense like you're like, wait, what the hell? This seven footer coming off. Like, this, like, what are we talking about? And the last thing I'll say about it is that new wrinkle is that, um, I'm, you know, people that have watched Vooch a lot, and I'm sure every Bulls fan does, is he has a skill that you wouldn't think that he would have. He's really good at attacking closeouts. He, he's like really good at putting the ball on the floor, one or two dribbles, one or two, three dribbles and getting to the basket or or making somebody help and kicking it to the next guy. Like he's really good at attacking closeouts. And I think that, you know, putting him in the corner kind of, like I say, it just gets the defense to kind of think a little bit more. Um, and I've liked it. And I thought that is, is it's been looking good in that when they when they have that uh, set up. We spoke about the bench and deservedly so they play really well. Um, they've kind of oftentimes rescued the starters. Um, I don't have the numbers to back this up, but I'm sure they have a a much uh, better plus minus than the starters have. Are, are there is are there any concerns on your part about just kind of the stark contrast that seems to exist with those two groups? The starters aren't getting off to the best starts in games um, defensively. They're allowing a lot of threes. Uh, teams are kind of eating them up on rotations um, yeah. start games off and the bench is coming in, they're getting stops, uh, which is leading out to, you know, fast break opportunities or just being able to keep a defense on its heels, um, which you spoke about earlier. But is, is, there, is, there, is there some concern with you with that? Um, and also within that too, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question. I feel like we love DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan DeRozan was, you know, he he got into that phone booth very often last year for the Bulls, but (laughs) I I know where you're going. (laughs) The fact that you said earlier that teams have a harder time defending Zach when he's on the floor with the, with the bench unit, as opposed to the starters. I think that's, that's, that's a, that's a bar. Like that speaks volumes about, kind of what is and what is not happening because you would think, or at least in my mind, that a defense would have more trouble keying in on Zach when he's on the floor with the other two all-stars. But it also speaks to the value of cutters and, and people that kind of react rather than, um, you know, are back on their heels. 
but it's just two different. I'm not even sure if I've asked the question yet, but there's kind of two different worlds that exist with this team. Yeah. And at the same point, you know, the, the bench is, is coming and save the day a lot of times, but you can't keep DeMar off the floor the whole game. Um, yeah. Again, I don't really think I asked the question. No, I know what you're talking about, though. <laughs> um, so here, the, I'll go with the, the, the threes first. Okay. Is, um, I, I'll be honest, man. Um, there is, it's a mix. Uh, I mean, like, go to the Spurs game. Those dudes were making, I mean, Lord have mercy. I mean, they were making some shots that, I mean, do, hands were in their face. They were just making some tough shots. But also, there were times where dudes didn't rotate um and get to uh shooters and they just had open shots and man i hate to say this but demar Derozan, this brother here like i know that you know it's hard to bag on a guy that that was getting that was playing like mvp type ball last year but like this brother this season has kind of been like you know when you watch he's been tough to watch on the defensive side of the ball um dude's not rotating the right way he's not communicating i mean i think we saw uh, in the in the pacers game um you know caruso even yelled at him because caruso had to leave his guy in the corner uh and left it and and, and demar didn't rotate to caruso's guy left the guy wide open for three he knocked it down you know you go to the hornets game he's still not rotating the right way when he's a low man um and it's just it's just i don't know it just seems like I remember when we got when we traded for uh, or when we signed uh, Demar. The talk was is Demar is a really bad defender and da da da. And I thought that you know for the most part last season he did okay, you know. Uh, but I feel like this season it's just been like he like man I did all that work last season y'all got to figure it out you know that that's the way it almost feels like to me sometimes where it's like nah man just fourth quarter give me the ball man and I'll I'll figure it out but I ain't doing this running around stuff again y'all like I'm just not. You know, but but I, I know that's not what it is, but I just feel like that's the way it seems like when you watch it. Um, but, you know, fast, you know, talking about the bench and I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying, oh, shoot, they, the bench should be starting, you know, or thing like that. But I'm just saying that they're like, OK, if you're a defense and, you know, DeMar ain't cutting. Right. DeMar is just not going to cut. That's just not what he's done. OK. You know, you, at the time, Pat wasn't cutting, so you didn't have to worry about Pat. You know, Vooch is involved in the action, so you know where Vooch is at. So it's like, you know, Io is a he's a pretty good cutter, but for the most part, he was kind of like spacing the floor a little bit. So it's like it's a little bit easier because now you can kind of key in, you know, you know, what you need to do. When you fast forward to, you know, when you go to the uh the bench, okay, Javante ain't gonna stop moving. Okay, so now I can't I can't just, you know, sit and you know, try to see man and ball. I gotta be able to to rotate to Javante because here's the deal Javante is like a 99th percentile athlete like dude is probably like I would imagine that if I don't know um, I'm trying to think of like I don't know Justin Fields or you know Chase Claypool or somebody played basketball and like I feel like that's what they would that's that's what it is like just a, a superior athlete speed explosion um but the one thing like I've said before is like Javante is basically had to master this way of playing because this is the way he's he's been able to stay in the league 
So it, it, it makes a ton of sense why, why he plays so well this way, because like he is not a guy that you can throw the ball to and say, Hey, yo, take his home. He's not a guy where, you know, he's got, he's, he's six, seven, six, eight, and you can use him as a screener and all different types of things. Like, like Javante has always had to be this guy, energy, defense on the ball, deflections, dunks, fast break. Like he's always had to be this guy. So, but it's just a lot of cutters and a lot of um, guys that you just can't forget about because they're smart. Um, but so it's hard to key in on Zach when you, you know, if he's coming off a of pick and roll, well, Hey, if the low man's coming, uh, you got to worry about the, you know, it's just so much you got to worry about because, you know, if you're the low man, you're rotating, uh, you got to worry about somebody putting, putting it on your head, you know? Um, and it's just, it's just a little bit different. And I, I guess I should say they're not better. It's just a different way of type of defense that you have to play when you, when you see the bench. Um, so, uh, but I, I think the play, like, again, I just think teams are, are shooting the three so well um, that it's kind of throwing that, like that plus minus kind of uh, stat off a little bit because, I mean, teams have really shot the ball well, especially in the four, first quarter. Um, but again, man, I mean, I just really think teams are putting Demar in situations like just pay attention to like, you know, when the the you know, the bull starters are on defense. Pay attention to how whoever Demar is guarding, where are they going on the floor? Are they starting at the wing and then they're just exchanging and going to the corner? Because that's that's planned. Okay, let's get Demar as the low man. And if he doesn't rotate, we know we got to dunk. If he does rotate, he's not very good at Xing out and getting to the spot. So just putting Zamar in spots where he can become a pressure point to make it easier for your, your offense. And I think that, again, I, I don't want, I hate bagging on him, but like, it's just, the defense has just been bad, man. It's, it's, it's been bad. So last question before we spring you loose. What do you enjoy more? teaching the nitty gritty as a coach or breaking down the film and analytics like a scout. Cause you can do <laughs> both. So uh, what, do, what is it you like to do best? Well, I, I, I still think there, I got a long, not a long way, but I, I, there's stuff I can get better at in both areas. Um, because if you think about some of the best coaches, they, they always are getting better in some form or fashion, you know, um in scouting there i could definitely get better there's definitely micro skills that i can get better at identifying and things like that um but it's the coaching for me man i i love coaching like i love watching the miami heat play because i love eric spolstra um i like watching the bucks play because i think uh coach uh budenholzer is like a, a pretty good coach um i love uh, even tibbs like in tibbs i like watching because more of the defense i like watching what kind of things he a new wrinkle in his defense or something like that. Like, I just love watching different coaches um, and see if I could pick up something um, and add it to my bag as a coach. And, uh, but yeah, it would definitely be the coach, man. Being, being able to coach and continuing to learn X's and O's and things like that. Definitely. No, no doubt. All right. So before you head out here, where can people find you? Of course, your new podcast with Chris swish theory. Um, where can they find it and where can they, you know, find you on Twitter? Yeah. Um, so on Twitter, I, I am at underscore Lero hoops. Um, you can, you can follow me there and I love, you know, I'm, I'm going to start posting more clips and uh, you know, I have no problem, you know, questions or if you want to interact about, Hey, a play or anything like that. I love talking ball. So don't be afraid to, you know, send a message or DM to say, Hey, how'd you know this or, you know, da da da, whatever it is. 
um as for like you know diff- the analysis and podcasts like like you said matt um it is definitely uh switch theory the switch theory um go ahead and give it a follow at at switch theory on twitter um and we got a bunch of stuff coming out, man. We have really, really uh, big, great group of contributors that are very smart basketball people. Whether you like a lot of, uh, like you like, w- whether you like learning about micro skills and and you know macro skills, things like that of scouting and how uh, different prospects. Or if you um, like to listen to podcasts, um, we do have a podcast like, like again, like Matt said, um, the Switch Theory Pod. And um, we try to have like, you know, different guests on every episode, uh, maybe a different team and just talk to those guys. Because one of the things that we don't want to come off as is like, you know, what Nikias and Steve do is really, really hard, you know, and uh, we, me and Chris both have families. So it's really hard to sit down and watch these, all these teams. So uh, what we like to do is we like to bring on a guest and we don't like to pretend like we know everything. And I, I we don't ever want to come off that way. Like, oh, man, yeah, I know every single thing the Pacers do, man. I know every single thing the Sacramento Kings do, man. They do this, they do that. And then, you you know, Sacramento Kings fan listening, like, wait, we don't do any of that. What is this guy talking about? You know, so um, we just love talking to talking to different guests and, you know, filling out um, what, how their fans feel about their teams and um, having a good conversation. So other than that, man, I mean, that's about it, man. Well, we always love having you on because you, like we were saying earlier, you're one of the best in terms of X's and O's in, in Bulls Nation that does this. And I feel like we always learn a little something when you come on. So I know I appreciate it. So thank you so much for, for joining us today. Dude, man, I appreciate y'all because, man, I appreciate y'all, man, because uh, my wife got tired of listening to me talking about basketball before I got on Twitter. Um, I just used to, you know, you know, I'm the guy I remember when uh, Lonzo was on the Pelicans and I was watching, they were on TNT. I paused it. Cause he had made a play on fast break. It was like two on one. He jumped in the air, tipped the ball, stopped the break on his own. I remember I paused. I'm like, babe, look, right. If the bulls can get this, like if we can, if we can get this type of activity, and after, it, she was tuned out. So I remember I had to like, I had to get on Twitter and I didn't know whether people, cause I always thought like, when, if you watch basketball, you know basketball. So, like, if I'm tweeting something, you're like, dude, I already know what that. Why would you tweet that? So, I remember there was a time where I didn't even tweet because I'm like, ah, people already know this. Man. And, like, it's just crazy to know that, like, you know, that people actually like what I do because I I, th- I just think that I'm a nut. You know, I'm an idiot, you know, that that just loves basketball too much, I guess. But I appreciate those kind of words, man. I really do. Um, I just want to keep getting better, man, to, you know, that's all it is. Yeah, man, like, I, I love you, Lero, for that. Just your ability to see the game in a different way. Like I, I can, I can see that Zach Levine just scored or Demar. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I don't know exactly why. Mm-hmm. You tell us why. You tell us. You know, you provide that why for us, and and we're lucky to have you. Uh, Bulls Nation is lucky to have you. Anybody's team is following you, man. Uh, please just keep up that that same work, bro, because it, it it really is valuable for sure. I, I, uh, guys, I'm not. I'm telling you. I really, really appreciate that, man, because your your boy, uh, you know, I, I can have some self-esteem problems sometimes, you know what I mean? So I do really appreciate uh, y'all telling me that, man. I'm not one of those dudes that are fish, fish for compliments or anything like that. Like, I really take that to heart because it helps me uh, stay confident with putting out content um, because, you know, the last thing I want is like, oh, my God, here we go, Larry. 
Every saying the same thing again. Here we go. You know, you know, so I appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah. And I know this for sure. We're definitely going to have you on again. I'm sure as the season goes on here, because uh, there's going to be pivotal moments where we're going to need a little more of an in-depth breakdown. And that's when we're going to give you a call. So um, <laughs> thank you so much again, Laro, and uh, keep up the great work. All right. So it's always good to have Laro on. And I mean, I always feel like you become a smarter basketball person just listening to him. At least I know I did. <laughs> no, same here, man. Like I was telling him, it's, it's it's just, you know that when he's watching the game, he's seeing something different than you are, at least in my mm-hmm. case. I just, I wish I could um pick his brain more often and figure out the why behind things that are happening on the court. Yeah, and I can't wait to have him on again this season because he's always good, especially – you know, there's something big that happens or, or something that we need to break down. I think he's perfect person to, to have on, but um, before we hop out of here, Drew, um, we are going to be probably taking next week off and coming back um, sometime during the week of the 13th, probably on that, that Tuesday, like we've been doing more regularly, but we kind of adjusted things with the bull schedule for this week. Um, so, the next five games on the schedule, probably before we come back, we have the Bulls against the Celtics tomorrow. Then a back-to-back home and away back or away home back-to-back against the Raptors. Um, then against the Pelicans and home against the Nuggets. I'm actually going to be at that game uh, against the Nuggets, so kind of looking forward to that. Uh, how do you see this shaping up? You were right last time. You said three and two. In this previous stretch, I said two and three, um, so I'll I'll take the L on that. But what do you think for for this stretch? Ooh, okay. Um, I'm gonna go at Boston and at Toronto. Two losses. A okay. win back home against Toronto. I'm gonna go. Ooh, I'm gonna go win against New Orleans and a loss against Denver. So what's that? Two and three. Uh, yes, because you said you were taking the win against the Raptors at home, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so two and three. Um, I'm going to go oppo on you. I'm going to go three and two in this stretch. So we flip from... I'm we flipping, flip. yeah. And I'm not doing this just to be a contrarian to make this, like... I <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a feeling we're going to see a win against the Pelicans. I think they win the home game against the Raptors. I have a feeling they might actually pull off the upset at home against the Nuggets. So, yeah, and and I'm, you know, maybe maybe my presence will be the good luck charm that the Bulls need against Nikola Jokic. If there's any any reason for them winning that game, it's, it's got to be you, Matt. Like, yeah, no, it has has nothing to do with skill or possibly an injury. It's it's my presence in the building sure. at the UC. So, sure. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, of course, you can find us on Twitter. Drew's at, at Look What Drew Did. I'm at MGentile88. Rebuildable podcast is at Rebuild underscore A underscore Bowl. And as always, you can find us on all the major streaming services. And potentially over time, there might be some other places you can find us. We'll have more information about that possibly in our next episode. But alongside Drew Stevens, I'm at Gentile. Thanks for listening and We'll catch you next time.
Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.